0: everyone
1: and welcome to episode 20 of our Baseball Weekly, the weekly podcast from the Baseball Subreddit. My name is Lewis and I am excited for another great week of Baseball Talk. This week, Andy sits down with Henry, aka Scrax, and talks about the big news for Rockies fans this week that GM Jeff Breidich has resigned and he is very excited to talk about that. And then Andy brings Jeremy and Jordan back for another great round of trivia segment to be named later. Before I hand things off to him for the rest of the episode, though, Jimmy is here with me to break down last week's action. Jimmy, how are you doing today?
2: Oh, let me ask Alexa. Alexa, who has the best record in baseball? The best professional baseball teams by winning percentage are the Kansas City Royals, which have a winning percentage of 0.615. So that's that's how my day's going so far.
1: It's funny that you say your day's going so far because <laughs> uh based on today's Sunday's game, I should be much happier than you because <laughs> we beat you guys. The twins beat you guys 13 to 4.
2: We were playing with house money today, but yes. <laughs> here's so, the thing. Here's the thing. We had so little to lose than you guys did. Of course. Like you know, we had so little to win and you had so much to lose if it went the other way. That is probably the better way to word it. Um There was m- very little for us to gain by sweeping you or winning the series, Uh but you had everything to lose <laughs> if you didn't beat us this weekend. And so it's kind of like, eh, we'll see what happens, but we know we're good and we're enjoying this record and we're just going to keep having fun. And we have a couple more crappy teams to keep playing and keep our record boosted, so we're going to have fun <laughs> while it lasts.
1: yeah i mean so we're just gonna quickly gloss over i mean the the yankees turned it around uh they're back to 500 the twins hopefully we're back on track uh three of our last four games we've just gone off buxton is going off it's amazing but we are chasing not the favored white Sox, not the, the elite pitcher churning out indians Definitely not the Tigers because they suck, just like everyone thought they would. We right. are chasing that Royals pedestal up yes. there, Jimmy. What is going on in Kansas City?
2: Well, first off, as I predicted, Danny Duffy is a Cy Young contender, and um, I couldn't, a doubt. I couldn't be happier. I think I've, I've mentioned this before when we did the uh, Division Dandies. Um, uh, you know, during spring training, Danny was really focused on working on his slider. And that's all he pitched during spring training. And it shows. And um, I've rooted for him. I've known him throughout my career of as a Royals fan. I've gotten to know him. He's had my cell phone number in the past. Uh, we haven't talked in a couple of years, which is fine. <laughs> but I mean, he's legitimately a very genuinely good person and so I'm really excited for him. He couldn't happen to a better person. It's just really neat to see him just succeeding the way that I've been hoping he would succeed in a long time. And then so it's it starts with the pitching and then it kind of goes you no know, um Rex Hudler today even, you know, and I, a lot of people have opinions on Rex Hudler. I call him the Ted Lasso of baseball. <laughs> but uh but Rex, you know, he said, you know, he said, you know, a few years ago, everyone was talking about how great the Dodgers were, but all they could do is hit home runs and they couldn't play the small ball. And that's why they didn't. Hit. And the the Royals, they just like, yeah, they're not like the heav- heaviest hitters, the hardest hitters, but they know how to get a guy from first to second and then from second to third and get them to eventually to home, home plate. And so uh, it's just one of those things where like they just kind of know how to just keep it going. They just they just they're just a little scrappy. They never say die. You know, a couple of the players when they were being interviewed recently said, you know, we walk in every game not hoping that we win, but kind of expecting to and being frustrated if we lose. And um, so serious to the point where like Carlos Santana, he hit a thousand walks, right? Mm -hmm. He had a pinata to celebrate, but he got his thousandth walk uh, when they were losing. And so he just said to the team, it's not appropriate for us to celebrate with a pinata. And so he kept the pinata in his locker. And he said we're not we're not using we're not gonna break open the pinata and celebrate because I hit my walk record because we lost. We're not gonna enjoy we're not gonna enjoy the loss. Um because I expect I expect us to be on a winning team. And that was really neat. And then they started winning and you didn't want to jinx it. <laughs> so they still haven't they still haven't busted open the pinata.
1: Well that's interesting. It, it's kind of funny because I remember it's the opposite of that. there's an old story about uh Pete Rose. Now you can say what you want about him as a person. Uh, but he was definitely like a very talented baseball player and he wanted to win every game. He walked into the manager's office one day after uh, it was just a tough, tough loss. They like lost. I think they might've got walked off or or, like lost in the last inning. He had a big old smile on his face and they're like, well, what are you doing? Well, that was fun. We'll win tomorrow, but that was fun. So interesting how different approaches work. And you know, We talked last episode a lot about how, you know, offense is, offense is down. There's been a lot of talk about how bad the league wide batting average is now.
2: So I wasn't, I wasn't on that segment, but I was listening to it and I kept talking to you guys. I was driving (laughs) for work because I travel for work. And so I was like, but Luke, and I went, wait a second, I'm listening to a recording. I can't just like (laughs) chirp in. Um, There's been a lot of chatter about that in my circle. And the big one, the big thing that everyone's saying, and I think everyone's has mentioned this before, but it's just, you know, re, uh, a rule that kind of enforces the shift or, or, or constricts, you know, constricts the shift or uh, rules regarding the shift. And, um, someone mentioned to me that, you know, they did it for basketball already and no one threw a fit and it made the, it made basketball more enjoyable to watch. And so, like, I do think that's going to, I think it's just around the corner. Like, if people are asking for it and we have a commissioner who loves changing rules just for the sake of changing rules, if, like, if it's one of the few things sports fans actually want is to, like, limit the shift, he might go, oh, okay.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't know how much the limiting the shift's going to help, though, because, I mean, batting average is down because strikeouts are up. The shift isn't going to help that. And then players are swinging for launch angle and yeah. and fly balls if they don't go out of the park um the shift i mean there are outfield shifts but they're not usually as drastic as yeah. the infield shift i'm just not sure a couple of dink singles is gonna make a big difference
2: well it would for the royals speaking as a royals fan like hunter dozier specifically uh, really struggled and, and honestly, uh, uh, Whit Merrifield too. They both have struggled with, um, they had like, I can't remember the exact statistic. Um, but essentially what the statistic was, was communicating was, um, there were two of the people who lead the league in hardest hit balls that get caught. And, and so it's like, it's one of those things where like they hit the ball, they hit it. Well, someone just happened to be right there to catch it. And like Hunter Dozier is, uh, batting record batting average was tanking because he just kept hitting it directly at an infielder and so his specifically his batting average would be significantly better right now and i think we'd be hotter and probably have a couple more wins in our under our belt if the shift was a little bit limited on how much they could shift
1: now you you say that but one point i was thinking about here was You know, batting average is down. The ball's been deadened. Maybe the reason you guys are so hot right now while everyone else isn't is you're already built for that small ball play. You're built for, you know what, we will get those those hits. We'll get those dinky hits. Uh, We'll have a higher batting average. And if the balls aren't going out, you're at an advantage.
2: Yeah. Dayton Moore loves small ball. Um, He definitely builds his team around our park. It's hard to hit a home run at Coffman Stadium. It's just that, it's just that simple. And so no one has really built a Royals team around the, around the idea of like a hard hitting, like Aaron, like Aaron Judge would never be a successful Royal. Um, it's just, just bottom line. Like if he came to the Royals, everyone would hate him. Um, because he just, he's, you can't hit, he strikes out too much and home runs just don't happen at Kaufman as much. And, uh, and so. You know, I mean, because like, she's like for a longest time, like the record, our franchise record for home runs was in like the mid 30s. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just that's just how it is.
1: All right. Well, moving on from the Royals and uh, the, the Twins, because, well, as much as we can sit here and talk about them for hours, uh, we, we like to cover the rest of the league. There's some, there's some stuff. Who cares? We're in first. (laughs) (laughs) That's also why I want to move on here, Jimmy. Uh, There's some, uh, there's some heat going on in the other central divisions here. Uh, The Cubs and Reds had a little bit of a, a spat, a kerfuffle, uh, an incident, if you will, this, this past week. Reds pitcher, uh, Amir Garrett, he was very proud of striking out Anthony Rizzo. Earlier This week, they were down. They were down by one. He was very, very proud of this. And he wanted to let Anthony Rizzo know that, hey, I'm really proud of myself in much louder and colorful terms. And uh, Javier Baez, who had a different benches clearing incident with Garrett in 2018. And as we know, with like Hunter Strickland and Bryce Harper, for some reason, players just have really long memories for this stuff, and so uh, Javi Baez took exception, and he hopped the dugout fence, and the benches were were cleared, and uh, it, it's it's yeah. just an interesting thing.
2: So uh, I didn't, wa- I wasn't watching the game. I watched the highlight, and uh, there's a few there's a few things I, I took note of. Like one, it wasn't the end of the end of the inning; it was no. mid inning that he struck out Rizzo, and so like that's the thing like i feel like he would have completely gotten away with that if it like ended the inning
1: (laughs) can do it and then just walk off and
2: celebrate it i struck out rizzo and the inning's over no he struck him out and and, like rizzo was the second out the (laughs) other thing i noticed the other the other observation i made is rizzo just wasn't paying attention like just didn't give him the benefit of the day and 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 that kind of harkens back to uh when Rizzo struck out uh, Freddie Freeman it made it made like it was like one of the top fifteen posts on reddit as a whole, yeah, and I woke up that morning and just there's was ton it, there's uh, it was like number fifteen on reddit as a whole, and there was tons of comments on the highlight video saying like what's the significant uh, significance of this I don't get it, and so I made a comment and and stickied it and said. And if you're not a Redditor, sticky means like I just plastered it to the top where you had to see it first. I said, just to give some context to this. And I kind of drew, did a long drawn out explanation for like a novice person who's never Mm -hmm. even heard, heard of baseball before to understand it. Uh, But one of the things I mentioned was Rizzo by and large is widely liked by everybody. Yeah. Even like rivalries aside. And there's quite a few people who commented on that saying, like, yeah, he's a rival of ours and I love him. Like, I don't, like, like, I can't say too many negative things about him. I don't think he really gets into many, into too many spiffs or spaffs or whatever.
1: Well, he's very diplomatic and he's a first baseman. And so being a first baseman you get to chat with everyone and so he makes sure yeah when
2: you're the first baseman you're the head of pr for the team (laughs) Exactly, and so next to next to the catcher but even when you're the catcher like you're a little bit different a little bit of a different focus uh so that was the second observation i made and then like the third observation i made is the dude has like a 12 era it's so (laughs) it's like it's it's like okay so i'm definitely like when you talk about no fun in baseball and you start talking about bat flips and being a little bit more emotional on the mound on that side i definitely side with dude i love bat flips i love seeing emotion i hate those grouchy grouchy faces who go harrumph. you know you know just act, just be act like you've been there before kind we, of stuff like who cares like we can get into this later but like my least favorite player on the Royals is Brad Keller, and he always like gets really frustrated when people like celebrate when they hit a home run off of him. And like, dude, get used to it. People hit home runs off of you all the time, <laughs> but he gets really upset if someone backflips on him. And he's talked about it on the radio, where he's like, "Well, I know I've been kind of in the middle of all that stuff, and I gotta, I gotta keep in mind that they're just excited that they hit hit you know hit something, you know contributed to their team, but." You know, I just you wish that they would act like they've been there before. Baby, but I'm like, you know, like, who cares? Like, it's baseball. Like, if I hit a home run off of you guys, I would be calling people all the time about it. Like, I would be, like, on Twitter five years later, by the way, I hit a home run in an MLB game, just so you know. Like, it's so cool. I mean, like, there's a reason why it's so significant that uh, – Um. uh anyway, I'm I'm going on a tangent here. But, like, it's just, like – who cares? All that to say, but then when you see that, you're like, okay, maybe, maybe my position is a little bit, because I don't want like people having like a celebration dance every time they have a strikeout. Like if they sell have a celebratory dance after every strikeout, like we're gonna be there for a long time, especially. It gets old. If, yeah, it, and that kind of gets old, especially if it's in the middle of the inning. Like it's one thing if you. If Rizzo was the last batter and like you have cleaned off the inning it came out to be a clean inning and the, and, and the bases were loaded which makes it even more exciting like the bases were loaded I struck out Rizzo scoreless inning yay me but it was just like and and the thing is is like it's like he had a grudge against Rizzo and he's like you know I beat you I struck you out how does that feel and Rizzo's just like dude we're cool like like i don't understand your problems Just, just like, heading back home i don't here. have problems with I like like rizzo doesn't have problems with other players like that's like one of the biggest lessons that i've learned and guess what rizzo struck out the mvp last week so quit celebrating <laughs> when you struck rizzo out he can do it too and he hits and you can't hit and his era is better than your <laughs> era and he's not even a pitcher and it's just like come on man like it just I I I I don't like it when benches clear because it just makes no sense like especially when the bullpen runs out like if the bullpen's at the but back that's of That's the, the
1: best part is all these guys and they're they're running parallel to each other. They're not <laughs> they, mixing it with each other in the in the outfield. Sometimes they like walk side by side. I swear I saw some uh, opposing players let's hold hands, hands. Let's hold hands and to this.
2: They get to this. the
1: fight together, but then
2: once they get to the fight, oh no! he's right, right, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I would love, I would love, like a true rivalry where the bench is clear and the bullpen comes out, and there's another fight out in the outfield <laughs> where they're just completely just smashing each other's faces in with their fists. So, like the umpires are trying to stop fights in the outfield and in the infield. And it's just complete chaos. It's like... Anarchy. Uh, anarchy. anarchy. Like, like, uh, like uh, I love hockey. Hockey movies, to me, hockey movies are just a little bit better than baseball movies.
1: That's blasphemy, just the, but I'll
2: allow it. And Slapshot has one of the best scenes where they pick a fight before the game even begins. And it's just nonstop people just punching each other in the faces. And then it's like, just like a hard cut to the national anthem and everybody's <laughs> face is bleeding. Like there's like, everyone has like big puffy like bruises on their face from getting into a fight. Like I want to see that where it's just an all out brawl. That would be, I would laugh really hard, especially if it wasn't my team, because I don't want my team to get <laughs> hurt. So,
1: so to kind of put a, put a bow on that, I think one thing, bias said in a post-game interview that i think kind of mirrors what you were saying and goes along with it was he he basically said hey if garrett was doing that towards his own dugout that would have been fine we wouldn't have had anything but it's when he turned and like made a big deal about it to us that was where where the line was kind of crossed so i don't know we'll we'll see uh the reds had uh, worth mentioning the reds had a, a benches clearing incident with the cardinals earlier this year uh, when they took offense to something uh, Castellanos did after after a big hit. And then you also factor in the Reds and Pirates have had a history of bad blood. Um, Cubs Cardinals obviously have a history of bad blood. Meanwhile, up in Milwaukee, the Brewers roll out the barrel to uh, the best record in the NL after mm-hmm. taking two of three from the uh, the Dodgers here. And after sweeping the Padres, they're on a roll right now. Yeah.
2: And and I, I, I wholeheartedly believe it's because of Lorenzo Kane.
1: He's on the injured list.
2: <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> I haven't watched a single <laughs> Brewer's game. I just...
1: <laughs> well, So so that's the funny thing. They're doing it with Yelich on the aisle. Yeah. Uh, Kane is... They've got 17 players on the yeah. injured list right now. And they're uh, still winning. And they're still winning. And... How they're doing it, they haven't been hitting as as yeah. well. Their offense Small. isn't there. Um, it's been pitching. Yeah. And, it, you know, you, you look at it and you just look at their overall numbers and you're like, well, yeah, they're they're like, they have the sixth best ERA as a team, sixth best in, like, fan wins above replacement as a team. But, like, that shouldn't compensate that much for an offense, like, best record in the NL. But here's here's what they're doing. They're starting pitching. Starting pitching is like number two in baseball at ERA, number two in fan wins above replacement. And then they have Hater, Suter, and FireEisen into finish games, and the rest of the bullpen isn't all that good. But it turns out if you've got a starter that can pitch six and then three good bullpen arms, you can win every other day. And then, if you pick up an extra win here or there, look at that—you're you're in first place. It's,
2: I mean, that was uh, again. I keep just l- relating. That's everything what you back- guys
1: did, yeah. That's
2: the, I keep relating everything back to the Royals, but that's exactly that was our formula: make it to six, and then just bring in our premier three bullpen guys.
1: And then it doesn't matter what the rest of the bullpen is yeah, like; yeah. they're going to drag down yeah. your averages. But as long as you can, you know, trap those out more than once every other game, you're going to have a winning record.
2: So. Yeah, you know, just try to somehow get a lead by the 6th inning, then bring out Kelvin Herrera, Luke Javer, and Wade Davis and we win. Like it was, it was that simple. It was like a boom boom boom. It was like a it was like Ned Yost just had like a really simple flow chart. It Was Very like simple. are are you in the lead and is it after the 6th? Yes. Okay. <laughs> bring it out. And you know and that, it was just that it was that simple. And that's great, you know, and and like we're talking about um pitching is kind of the name of the game right now. Everyone's ERA uh, is is a lot better. You know, batting averages are lower. And so it really is, it's going to come down to who has the best pitching. I think when it's all said and done and the dust settles, it's going to be who has the best pitching is going to decide who's like the the division leaders. I don't know if best pitching will really relate to postseason wins because it never seems to. But the division leaders, it'll generally just boil down to who has the be- who has the best pitching, or at least who has the healthiest pitching. That's probably the healthiest
1: pitching is I think the key there. <laughs> the Brewers did just lose like their number. Burns is out uh for a little while here. He's and one the, of Dodgers, those the Dodgers the Dodgers lost
2: one of their pitchers.
1: Yeah. And I I don't know if it's fully out they, what happened. They haven't announced yet yeah so, they haven't
2: announced i just saw uh, there's a clip of trevor bauer like pointing at the inside of his arm like at like a where a lot of the tommy john surgeries yeah, happened
1: he looked like he was explaining like yeah this is what happened uh this is what i think happened and uh everyone yeah. around him was paying very close attention to what yeah. he was saying
2: but yeah it was dustin may the the ginger with the vengeance <laughs> or at least he was i hope he comes back this season it would be great if it was something. Like I remember rest in peace, Rodano Ventura, he pitched uh opening game twenty fifteen and he collapsed on the mound grabbing his arm and everyone just gasped mm-hmm. and didn't know what happened. And his just potassium levels were low and so <laughs> he was he he was just kind of like, like he had like a Charlie horse and so someone like on Twitter was like, I volunteer to be the guy to follow him around and just feed him bananas. Like, <laughs> can I please just be that guy?
1: <laughs> Ho- hopefully it's something like that. Hopefully they're not announcing it because it's just so embarrassing. Like, yeah. actually, he just had to poop so bad that his yeah. whole body hurt. It was crazy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the fact that they haven't announced it already tells you that, like, he's getting a second, maybe even a third opinion. Like, yeah. And that's that's what makes it kind of unbiagraphy.
1: So uh, I mean, there's a there's a lot of other stuff that that happened during the week. The Phillies and Cardinals had some some issues going on. Mike Conna set the A's record for most career hit by pitches. I I was listening to a, a an episode of Effectively Wild, and they mentioned they had that he had tied it earlier this week, and uh, here's Sunday today, sixty hit by pitches, A's franchise leader. So. <laughs> Good for him. Do you think he had a pinata to, to celebrate
2: that? <laughs> he was the pinata. Are you me? <laughs> uh while we're talking about franchise records. Oh, okay. Do you know what Salvador Perez uh, broke a record for in Minnesota?
1: What did he break a record for? Uh
2: most away team home runs at Target oh, Field. Oh, yes. He, yeah. He is uh he has eight he's the leading home run hitter against the twins now with eighteen home runs career. Yes, and I remember. I mean, it's always been a joke that Salvie kind of just owns the twins. Uh, there for a long time, there was kind of a uh, a meme where it was the Wikipedia article about the twins, and, it, mm-hmm. and and it said the owner was Salvador Perez. Yeah, I sorry, I just wanted to stab you just a little bit. Just wanted to turn that knife a little bit. Just turn put some turn that knife that I already stabbed. Well,
1: I would feel bad, except I mean, I know your opinions on barbecue. And I know that you know Jimmy. Where is the the best barbecue? Where can you find the best barbecue in in the world?
2: The best barbecue in America, in the world, can be found in Minnesota.
1: At the State Fair. That's <laughs> At the right. State Fair. That is right. There was no coaxing or serious bet to uh, to coax that out of Jimmy. Well, yeah,
2: yeah I definitely didn't lose a bet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well jimmy thank you so much for coming on and joining me i am going to turn things over in just a few seconds to andy for the rest of the episode and i'll be back to wrap things up at the end uh so we've got an interview with scrax aka henry coming up talking about jeff brightish leaving the rockies very excited for him to be back for the third time and then we've got some trivia later otherwise thank you for listening stick around
3: Hello, everybody. Andrew back with uh, with a, a recurring guest that we have had on the podcast recently. If you are a frequent uh, or maybe even not so frequent uh, visitor of the subreddit, you will almost certainly recognize this name from literally every single Rockies related thread that has been posted in the last I don't know, year or so. Uh, we had him on a couple uh, a couple weeks ago. When uh, the Nolan Arnauto trade broke, which was a bit of a down moment in Rockies history, now with the news that Jeff Breidich has resigned his reign of terror with the Rockies, we have brought back uh, our old friend Scrax, resident Rockies fan Scrax. How are you doing?
4: I'm just glad to be on. It's every day (laughs) without Breidich is a good day.
3: Yeah, so the last time we had you on, uh, things were bad. And now things are still bad, but they're getting better.
4: Right. Uh, What would you
3: say your exact reaction was when you first heard the news that Jeff Breidich was, was gone? Take me through what happened inside your head.
4: All right. So when I actually saw it, right, when I saw the announcement, I saw it on Twitter, by the way, mm-hmm. I honestly thought it was a joke. I thought someone was <laughs> posing as the Rockies Twitter and making this fake PR statement to get me excited, but to fool me. But then I realized, oh, it's not a joke. And I just honestly, like, started screaming. I'm going to be honest, like <laughs> like that. <laughs> How many
3: uh, how many tags would you say you got in the uh, the main thread on Reddit? Because whenever whenever a Reddit or whenever a Rockies post is 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 posted to to the sub, a, a few people will tag you every
4: single time. But with with this one, how many how many how many tags would you say you got? I I'm not exactly sure like w- like the exact number, but <laughs> all I know is that my phone just like kind of blew up right and. <laughs> I'm not it's not I'm not going to say it's not out of the question for it to be in the hundreds because it was just that insane and then even a mod I forgot which mod even just posted put posted to tag me there as well and that <laughs> contributed to the count of, and it was it was just crazy honestly
3: so at, at the time of this recording obviously I mentioned you know thing, things are, are a little bit rough for the Rockies they they are in in in, uh, in last place in the west with the worst record in the NL but we're not going to talk about that stuff we're just going to talk talk happy happy Rockies um, so, what do you, what exactly right. do you think this uh, this move of of Jeff Bradish leaving the organization actually means for the team? What do you, what do you, what do you think will will change as a result of it?
4: So, there's some pessimism about well, the owner's still here, and who knows if the next guy is somehow worse than Jeff Bradish. And even with one of the optimistic points of them like appointing a team president and people saying, "Oh, maybe that's even more influence from the Montforts. all I have to say is that. For now, at least it's not Jeff Breidich. Like, I, I I get that when he got hired, people were saying at least it's not O'Dowd. But Breidich, like, realistically, the Rockies weren't ever going to win with Breidich and with a new GM. There's at least a chance, once again, for now. So for now, it's good. It's just a whole message wrapped in a bow. Now have the
3: have the Rockies, um, you know, start interviewing candidates because as 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 I believe that they're you know Monfort is just taken over as the interim GM. In the meantime, is that is that what's going on?
4: I yes, I do believe it's going to go with their yeah, they're going with an interim GM, but they Got haven't it. named anyone yet. Yeah, I think it's interim GM for the rest of the season. So, and then they're going to reevaluate at the offseason. That's the plan they're going to go with. I'm pretty sure, but they once again, there's been no actual news of. So who that guy will be
3: okay any particular candidates you think the rockies are going after or any particular candidates that you think the rockies should go after
4: it's actually funny because i did want the old marlins president of baseball operations uh george hill Well, not george hill sorry michael hill michael right? hill yeah yeah and uh when it comes <laughs> i did actually email the Montforts about it and it's funny <laughs> because you can't you can't email them and they respond to like every they do respond to like every email oh, do they for, really That's they basically cool. do yeah and when I emailed him about it, I said, "Hey, you should maybe consider him." And he responded with, "He he seems happy at MLB, and I'm pretty sure that's a no." So,
3: so uh, how many how many angry emails did you send him when Breidich, uh was still at the helm? And how many did, how many of those did he respond to?
4: Surprisingly, I did not send anything because really? it just felt like I, I I didn't want to get blocked for moments like this. You know,
3: <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you probably you, you should probably save uh, save your bullets for when you actually need to need to get a hold of him
4: yeah all I'm just saying is that for that point at least Jeff Breidich hasn't made his email public because that would then I would probably go crazy on that email <laughs>
3: is that still i available he's, ar- he's already ended uh two championship droughts uh in Boston Chicago maybe he can end
4: one in Colorado as well Theo Epstein would be like a dream come true <laughs> but uh <laughs> does he want to go to Denver that's the only that's the only issue there
3: so the last time you were on, I, I asked you uh your top five uh worst free agent moves in Rocky history, or top five worst uh you know moves in Rocky history, either trades or or um, or free agent signings. Today we'll do I'm assuming this is probably number one. So let's do let's do two through five in best moments in Rocky's history. Starting at number five.
4: Okay, so hmm, that's a good question. So yeah, number take one time is sure Jeff right? it. yeah. I'm gonna say that number five. I, it's actually kind of weird because I can only really think in terms of like playoff wins. I can only think of like hmm, like two or three moments. So I guess I could fill two, two three, and four, right? Okay. So five, I would guess, would be... I mean, I wasn't around for this time. I mean, was I? I'm not sure. But I wasn't a Rockies fan for this one. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to probably say signing Larry Walker would probably be number five. Okay. Yeah. It could be signing Larry Walker... Or even just making it. Actually, no. You know what? I'll change my mind because Larry Walker. Something about him later. I'm gonna actually put earlier on the list. But okay. so I changed my mind to that. Okay. I'm gonna go with number five being actually making the World Series in 2007.
3: That was that was cool. Uh, it, I would have I would have liked it for it to have gone uh, have gone a little bit better for the Rockies. But yeah, it was certainly awesome to see that uh, that 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 September and October run. Just yeah. I think it was what 21 out of 20. 21 wins out of 22 games or something like that, and then uh, sweeping the the DS and the CS, that was pretty awesome. Yep. Especially when Matt Halliday touched home plate. That was cool.
4: That that absolutely happened.
3: (laughs) What do you got for number four?
4: (laughs) I'm going to say number four has to be the 2018 wildcard game against the Cubs. That win.
3: Was it Tony Walters with the uh, game-winning single in the
4: 14th? I'm actually not sure. Hold on. I know it was late in the game. like, I know it was, yeah, it was that, late. That, that I know. Yeah. And that, I guess it's kind of combination of that moment and even just the pitch from Oberg to actually clinch the wild card. Right. Mm. Yeah. Those two moments you clump together. That's a great number four, I'd say. Okay. What do you have for number three? Number three, I'm going to go ahead and say Rocktober in general. Right. Mm. Cause while number five is like winning against the Diamondbacks and make it to the world series rocktober in general is just like magical in denver so i'm gonna say number three is rocktober itself winning so just the
3: whole the whole uh dominance at the end of the season to get into the playoffs yep okay
4: and what about number two number two i'm gonna bring back no longer larry walker signing but this time larry walker actually making the hall of fame i'd say it's number two okay
3: you think uh you think todd helton's getting into the hall of fame and you think he should
4: Okay, I'm gonna say he's a borderline case, and obviously, as a Rockies fan, I'm biased in saying yes, he should. Mm -hmm. But I do think he does have the stats to make it, and with Larry making it himself, like making it himself, sorry, with Larry Walker making the Hall of Fame, there's at least like there, like the barrier has been broken. A Rocky player, Rockies player, can make the Hall of Fame. So we're just hoping that they're not as harsh on Helton as they were with Walker for for nine of the 10 years. Yep. So yeah, let's hope that Helton makes it.
3: Yeah, I know it's the Rockies kind of get a bit of a, uh, a bad break when it comes to um, just getting their players into the hall of fame, just because obviously, you know, stats tend to be a little bit inflated uh, by course field. Right. But if you look at, at Todd Helton's, um, uh, if you look at Todd Helton's seven year peak from 1999 to 2005, he had, he, he batted 341 with a 442 on base 621 slugging which is a, a 1062 ops um i don't care where you play that is impressive so it's yeah. if, if todd helton doesn't get in as a rocky i mean i really i really couldn't see you know a career rocky making it obviously Hel- or uh, walker got in but you know he spent a lot of time with montreal and some some years with uh with st louis but i mean if, if helton doesn't get in i can't really see a, a lifelong career rocky making into the hall of fame which is kind of which is kind of rough but I I think he should get in. I'm not sure if he will, but I I've, I've always been a Helton fan and I, I really hope he does.
4: Yeah, I've really Yeah, I mean like of course or not just the numbers are insane for when he was in his prime.
3: Yeah, I mean a, a 45 uh war in his se- in his 7-year peak which is pretty it's it's right up there with 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 your typical Hall of Fame first baseman. Um he didn't have yeah. that graceful of a of a decline. The end of his career was a little bit rough, but I think that peak alone um was pretty nuts and, and should get him in. For sure, and then so number one, you'd say uh, you'd say Jeff Bridish getting uh,
4: getting the can. I um, I, this might be a bit of an overreaction, even though it's like a couple of days from the event, but I do think firing Jeff Bridish is saves the franchise. Honestly, <laughs> like the number one goal for any baseball franchise is to win the World Series, and with Jeff Bridish being someone who you know like. Never, like I okay, I, I would have absolutely zero faith in Jeff Bridges leading any team to the World Series. So with him gone, there's at least a chance again. So that saves yep. the franchise technically.
3: So I, I asked you earlier what what you think this will actually mean for the Rockies uh, having their having their their crutch of a GM gone. Uh, what what moves do do you think? You know what moves do you want to see happen? You know what uh, you know players trades free, free agent signings. What what realistic play, um, moves would you like to see this new management?
4: um pull off the sad part is for rocky's fans is that the realistic best move at this point of d2 blow it up because you don't really have that great of a farm and our team as of right now is super top heavy like we've got trevor story we've got herman marquez but then who else do we got i guess mcmahon's breaking out and blackman is all right but he's starting to yeah he's starting to age but <laughs> really, I believe, I'm not sure if we're still the worst offensive team of the league, but for a while we were. Just in general, I don't know, I think this was a quote I saw today. I don't remember which player it was from, which former Rocky, I know it was a former Rocky, saying that, oh, like, it makes no sense to have this bad of an offensive group playing in Colorado. Yeah.
3: You're only second to last in the NL in OPS plus. So you got that going for you, which is nice.
4: The, hey. uh, the, the, the brewers are a little bit, a little bit worse. It's funny. Cause like, I've even seen some people say Trevor story should be a brewer. So, Hey, maybe there's a, <laughs> there's
3: your pitching's a... actually pretty good. Yeah. I mean,
4: you're, it's, you're, you're it's pretty, kinda... much, pretty much middle of the pack in terms of, uh in terms of the RA plus adjusted. Right. But it's just kind of funny that I think this might be one of the best rotations we've had in franchise history. And it just so happens to be at the same time, which we've had some of the worst offense in <laughs> franchise history. <laughs> so what's what's going on with Kyle Freeland? Is is he still um is is he
3: hurt? Is he in the minors? What's going on with him? Because I haven't seen seen a lot of him lately.
4: Uh, right, yeah. Freeland went out with a shoulder injury, I believe. And but he's coming. I believe he's throwing bullpens, and he's actually going to come okay. within. I'm going to say mid May. He should be back soon.
3: So yeah, that's about all I got. Um, do you have any any other stuff that you want to talk about? Any, anything that you want to say? Any uh, any thoughts that you that you know I might not have not, might not have gotten to?
4: I'm gonna say I'm not so quote unquote optimistic about how we're gonna do this season. Of course, we're not gonna be make the playoffs. I don't think we're even in the picture. But even, <laughs> Jeff Bridich is gone, and that's all that matters to me. I was I I was fine with any record this season as long as the GM was gone and he is. So I'm happy with the Rockies again. All right. Sounds good. Well, hopefully there's a little bit of a, uh,
3: hopefully there's, 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 some brightness in the Rockies future um, this year, maybe not, but who knows, maybe, maybe in a year or two, maybe uh, somewhere down the road. Hello, everybody. Andrew here with another uh, another trivia segment to be named later. We've got Jeremy Kahneman and we've got Jordan Petrie. Before we get started, let's just do a quick little introduction. Jeremy, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself?
0: Uh, I am a trivia company owner, originally from Chicago, now living in Georgia, looking forward to uh, getting out, going to some baseball games this year. Very cool.
3: And again, we've also got uh, Jordan. Uh, Jordan, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself?
0: Hey, guys. I'm a Brewers
5: fan, living in monroe wisconsin we haven't uh been able to purchase single game tickets yet for uh miller park i refuse to call it american family field because it just does not roll off the tongue it's like the g spot in chicago yeah it's i i don't think there's a,
3: there's a worse stadium name than guaranteed rate field but uh yeah. but american was it american
5: family insurance field is that the full name of it just american family field oh, okay. the insurance part is not part of
0: that name but gotcha. yeah but still it's,
5: Still, I, I, th-
3: I thought it was American Family Insurance Field, and the, the emo kid in me was really excited to calling it AFI Field. So,
0: especially <laughs> when Miller Park was such a great name, like it's so perfect for the yeah. city, for everything, for the yeah, team. it's it's, like, it's one
3: it's one of those corporate sponsored stadium names that doesn't feel like it's a corporate sponsor, like like yeah. city Field or like Great American
5: Ballpark. Yeah, I'd call it Euchre Stadium before anything else. Sure, for <laughs> the broadcaster.
0: By the way, I've I've been to every stadium, and I will say this: Miller Park is absolutely one of my favorite for a number of reasons. It's the fans are great, the 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 people that work there are great. It's just a a wonderful place to see a game. So,
5: and you have a big ass tailgating parking lot. So.
0: Yeah, no, that's what. And the fans, Brewer fans, are very like hospitable and welcoming to opposing team fans that are not cub fans
5: yeah i love going to cardinals games because you guys are so knowledgeable about the sport and it's just
0: it's amazing no yeah it's it's great and uh, i'm a i'm a fan
3: the one time i went to a brewers game it was in i want to say it was in 2005 which Mm -hmm. was the first year in a while you guys
5: were actually like decent that was our first uh 500 or better season since 92
3: yeah and I, I, i went to a game in I think it was sometime in August, right when they were like two or three games behind the wild card race and the, yep. you know, being good for the first time in a while. It was it was a pretty electric uh,
0: atmosphere, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that is like the J.J. Hardy, Ricky Weeks uh, right when they were coming up. Right. <laughs> yep,
5: exactly. I, I think, yep. think Ben and bench uh, Braun. Was that was the year uh, Braun was drafted as well.
0: Yeah. And then Prince Fielder, I think, came up that year and uh, Corey yep. Hart was on that team. Yeah. Yep. A lot of young talent. A young Nelson Cruz, even who's still playing.
5: That's right. Yeah, yeah. and then um, the old man utility guy, our now manager, Craig Council. Oh yeah, I love him. Yeah, <laughs> me too. All right, so uh, let's get let's
3: get started with the with the trivia. I've just got I've got ten questions here. There's really no rhyme or reason, no categories what they are. I'm just going to ask you guys a question. Uh, I'll give you guys you know a minute or two to think about it. When you know the answer, just say locked in, and then the other person can go ahead and kind of talk it out. Are right, you guys ready to get started?
5: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Cool. All right. So question number one, all questions will be worth 10 points apiece unless I otherwise specify. This one is going to be worth for a total of uh, 15 possible points. In the 2020 playoffs, three different players made their Major League Baseball debut. So the first first time on a Major League Baseball field was in the 2020 playoffs. Three players did that last year for five points apiece. Name them.
0: So I have one player in mind. I know. Yeah, it's like I know one of them for sure. But yeah. um I'm trying to remember the other two. Yeah. It's, oh wait. I think I have two. I'm not coming up with the third. Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to come up with the other two. Yeah. I've got I've got two for you. All
3: right, so you guys you guys both locked in? Yeah. Okay. Jeremy, what do you have?
0: Uh Alex uh Kirillov from the Twins. And uh the other one is Shane Mc- I think it's McClanahan. Uh, with the with the Rays, and I I have no idea who the third one is. All right, so
3: you're going with Alex Kirilov and Shane McClanahan. Jordan, I'll go with Johnson. I'll
0: go with Johnson for the third one. <laughs> the <way>. Lucky Johnson. <laughs> yeah.
5: All right. Jordan. Yeah. All I had was Alex Kirilov from the Twins.
3: All right. So Jeremy will be getting ten points on that one, and Jordan will be getting five. The three answers we we're looking for: Alex Kirilov with the Twins, Shane McClanahan with the Rays, and Ryan Weathers for the Padres.
5: Oh, okay. I remember hearing that name now.
3: Yeah, they all made their their MLB debuts in the twenty twenty playoffs. I think it was all in the Keriloff was in the wild card series, and yep. Weathers I think was also in the wild card series, and McClanahan, I think he made his debut in the ALDS against the Yankees.
0: Yeah, I remember when uh, when Mondesi debuted in the World Series, right for the Royals. That was yep. uh... and uh, Brandon Finnegan was pretty close too. That's yeah. Right,
3: yep. All right. So, question two. What Hall of Famer holds the record for the highest ERA in a season with a minimum of 60 innings pitched, a record he set in 2000? So, again, what Hall of Famer holds the record for highest ERA in a season with a minimum of 60 innings pitched, a record that he set in the year 2000?
0: Highest ERA. So, we're talking like a bad year. Yes. In the year 2000. Highest ERA
3: ever recorded by a player that threw at least 60 innings
5: so it could be either a reliever or an injury shortened starter or yeah or a, just a regular starter right? this makes me think of the rockies and were in coors field because there's a lot of players that came through and didn't
0: but uh, none of the ones i can think of are hall of famers there's only a finite list of players that you can have hall of famers that played in 2000 and also were shitty in the year 2000 so it's like, I mean, I'm I'm like I'm coming up with my list here of of players. So I
5: think I'm locking in now. Right. I am reading a book about this guy.
0: Okay. So I'm locked in.
5: All right.
3: So Jordan's locked in. So Jeremy, if you want to talk it out, which I know you're right.
0: to. I, yeah, I, I would love to talk it out <laughs> because this is the only way I'm gonna to get to this answer. Um, all right, so obviously you have the three Braves guys, you got Musina, Glavin, Smoltz. I don't think any of them. Uh, ever had I think Smoltz might have not even played. I think that might have been the year he was out in 2000. Uh, there's no way that any of them had an ERA that was that high. Did you say how what the ERA was? I did not. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna eliminate Smoltz, Glavin, and uh, Maddox, uh, Martinez, and Johnson, who are both Hall of Famers. Were active then, but they were both outstanding.
3: I think they both won their Cy Youngs. That both won. Yeah, Cy Youngs, yeah. So there's no <laughs> way. Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. There's there's no way. Uh, so you got Mike Mussina is another guy that went into the hall of fame and that's, it's not him.
3: Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you 2000 was his free agent year and the Yankees signed him to an eight year deal. So yeah, he definitely exactly. would have done that. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: Roy Halladay would have been uh, active in 2000, but uh, you know what? He was young. It was early in his career. Maybe he, I mean, he wasn't great then that's reasonable. Uh, all right. So the other possibilities, I think it, I think I've exhausted all of the potential starting pitchers at this point. Uh, so the other possibilities are Hoffman, Rivera, Lee Smith was already retired at that point, as was Dennis Eckersley, I believe. And I just don't see. I mean, Rivera definitely never had an area that high. And I don't think Hoffman did, which means I have to go with Roy Halliday. All
5: right. Going with Roy Halliday? That's my answer as well. Roy Halladay is the correct answer. All right. It was like 10.64, and that's because Halladay had like – he had 98. He almost no-hit the Tigers in his second-ever start. Yep. Until Bobby Higginson hit a home run off. That's right.
3: Wow. 80 earned runs in 67 and two-thirds innings. Wow.
0: Wow. I love questions like that, by the way, because (laughs) there's a totally like finite list of potential answers, and you can logically go through them all and deduce like, okay, which one is the – well, I, did, like, I did not know that
3: one thing I was expecting you guys to think of is it could have been guys at the beginning because it's not going to be a guy in the middle in the middle of their career. You're not going to have a Hall of Fame or have a 10 ERA in, in his eighth season or whatever. It could have been a guy at the end of their career, like a guy who retired in 2001.
0: Well, yes, but what Hall of Fame pitcher did that? I mean, right, I don't I'll think th- I, that, that's the thing. I don't think there is okay. one.
5: That would be their, their first ballot for the Hall of
0: Fame would have been
5: 06.
3: Yeah. So I'm trying to think of who got in in, like, 06 or 07 or whatnot. Um, as far right. as
0: starting pitchers that have gotten in, you know, you're looking at guys who are already retired, like Jack Morris, Burt Yeah. like, yeah. that have gotten in in recent times. Like, I don't think there is a guy who would fit that bill. That's why I didn't think of that.
3: On to question three. Three different Hall of Famers played their last and only their last season with the Kansas City Royals. For five points apiece, name them. So, again, three Hall of Famers that played only their last season with the Royals?
0: Yeah, I got one of them for sure. I got to think about the other two. Oh, this
5: is a tough one.
0: I know. Yeah, I know one of them for sure. No, wait, I know two of them, I think. I've got two of them. I'm not coming up with the third. All right, so you locking in? Uh, yep, I'm logging in. All right, so uh,
5: Jordan, talk it out if you want. All right, so I'm trying to think of players that played for the Royals that didn't really have a whole lot of association with the royals i want to say goose goose gossage played some sort of role with them but i'm not entirely sure about that i know he's not a hall of famer but kirk gibson had some time with the royals i'm like thinking of all these non-hall of famers that spent
0: some time with the royals but it's i got nothing
3: (laughs) all right so uh jeremy what do you have
0: All right. So the one I knew right away was Harmon Killebrew uh, because that always always gets people. He, at the very end of his career, he played one year with the Royals. Otherwise, he spent the entire career with the Twin Senators. Yeah. Um, Because whenever you ask like 500 home run guys who spent their whole career with one team, somebody will always say Killebrew. And I'm like, nope, finished (laughs) with the Royals. Uh, And then the one I remembered from when I was a kid was I believe after he was uh, done with the Mariners, Gaylord Perry played one final oh, season yeah. okay. yep. with the Royals. My third one, I'm just going to take a guess, and uh, I know he bounced around at the end of his career. I know he played briefly with his son with the Orioles, but I think he played one more year, and I thought it was the Raines? Marlins, but maybe it was the Royals, so I'm going to say Tim Raines.
3: All right, So uh, and Jordan, you did not have an answer. So yeah, Jeremy getting 10 points out of 15 on that. Killebrew and Perry are correct. Uh, Reigns, I believe he finished his career with the Orioles.
0: Yeah, I think he played for the Marlins after the Orioles. Like he played for- with his son with the Orioles.
3: He did play with the Marlins.
0: Yep. And then yeah, and I, yep. I I was just hoping that maybe I remembered him in blue, but maybe it was royal blue, and you know, like, but yeah.
3: And the uh, the third guy on this list, Orlando Cepeda.
0: Orlando Cepeda.
2: Ooh. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know that. Former Cardinal. Right. right. Yeah.
0: Should have gone over those, but I didn't even I didn't even think of it. He's very forgettable.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, he was he was a veterans uh, veterans veterans guy, So Yeah, he, yeah w- one of the weaker Hall of Famers.
0: Yes, right. absolutely.
3: All right, moving on to question four. What active player was the youngest player in Major League Baseball in 2007, debuting at age 19? He also oh. appeared in the playoffs that season. Locked in. Jordan's locked in right away. So, Jeremy, go ahead and talk it out.
0: All right. Youngest player MLB in 2007. He is still active. He is still active. And he appeared in the playoffs in 2007. So that should... All right, so a guy who has been playing for 14 years. And, uh, okay, the Red Sox won the World Series. They beat the Rockies. Uh, They beat the Indians in the ALCS. The Rockies beat the Diamondbacks in the NLCS. When did... Longoria and Tulewitzki come up, and would they have been the youngest? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think Tulo is still active either. Is Longoria still active? I I don't have a better answer. I'm just going to go with Evan Longoria.
3: All Actually, I don't even know
0: if the Rays made the playoff, but I'm going to go with it anyway. I don't think that's right.
3: Jeremy going with Evan Longoria. uh, And Jordan? Justin Upton. That's a great answer. Justin Upton. (laughs) Yep, Evan Longoria debuted the year after. And that was okay. 2007 was the last year of they were the Rays, Devil Rays of the yeah the Devil Rays and the last year of them being perpetually terrible. Uh, 2008 was their was their their first ever winning season. Yeah, World Series appearance and it was also Evan Longoria's rookie year. And Evan Longoria, to my knowledge, is still active. I'm not. I don't. He might have opted out last year.
5: Um, I he's backing. He's a backup for the Giants. No, he played
0: for the Giants last year. I think. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he he's did, supposed to be a backup this year. Okay. By the way, if I would have just said Upton, would you have asked me to be more specific?
3: Hundred percent, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's like the whenever I run my trivia nights and, and it's like a presidential question. Someone says Bush, I'm like, you got to you got to yeah. be more oh. Bush or Johnson or Adams or uh, yeah, or Roosevelt. You got you got to be more, yeah, yeah. All right, so after four questions, we got a close game here. It is uh, Jeremy with thirty and Jordan with twenty five. On to question five. Who is the only player to play on the winning side of three different perfect games? It's the only player to appear on the winning team in three different perfect games.
5: It's a really tough one.
0: I've heard this. um, I know. And I'm trying to remember who it was. And I'm getting, like, trivia questions confused in my head right now.
5: I'm going to lock in with a guess.
3: Okay, so Jordan's locked in. So, Jeremy, talk it out.
0: All right, so my thought is, like, A.J. Pierzynski, you know, because, like, Burley and, and Humber both threw perfect games, and then did he play with it? And then, like, Jason Veritek. But I think Jason Veritek is, like, the most no-hitters, not perfect games. Um, I think if there's anybody else um, has uh, – yeah, it's it's – I mean, like – like, what, like, because it's got to be a recent guy, I think, because, like, there's just not that many perfect games. I was actually just looking at the list of perfect games, and up until, like, you know, 19, the 1990s, there was only, like, it was, like, less than 20, and there's been, like, a good dozen, I think, this century or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, I, Yeah, because I, I think, I think, I'm think, i just going to say A.J. Pierzinski. I don't think that's right, but. All right,
3: Jeremy going with AJ Brzezinski and Jordan.
5: I'm going to guess Juan Uribe. All
0: right,
3: no points being uh, being given on okay. that one. The answer we're looking for is uh, Paul O'Neill. Okay, Paul O'Neill. Yeah, yeah it,
0: I have heard that. He was in. Yeah, he was t- Tom Browning, David Cohn, and David Wells. He was in
3: right field for David Cohn's perfect game. Yeah. He made the last out of David Wells' perfect game. Yeah, uh, and he was also in right field for Tom Browning's perfect game. But I don't have a Tom Browning bobblehead doll, so I, <laughs> That I, I that
0: that, oh. that was uh, that's a really good. I've I've heard that question and I could not remember it. Yeah, that's Jace, a great question. Jason
3: Veritek and I believe Carlos Ruiz both hold the record for most no hitters caught. They've each done four. Yeah, yeah. Carlos Ruiz had uh, a combined. He had Cole Hamills. He had Roy Halladay. Both of Roy Halladays. Both
0: of Roy Halladays. Um, and
3: then Veritek had Nomo, Lester, Buckholes, and. Low, low. There
5: you go.
0: Yes, yes.
5: Yep. My uh, thought process for Uribe was um, uh, Burley's and then uh, Canes in
0: 2012, but I couldn't oh. think of another one. Okay. Yep. That's, a, yep. that's a hey. That's a really solid thought process right there.
3: Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I want to say AJ Prezinski didn't catch one of the White Sox no-hitters. He, he I did s- not. Yeah. yeah I, I want to say it was. He, um,
0: thought maybe he got in the game. He was still with the team, and you know. Yeah. yeah, something
3: I want to say it was Castro caught one of them.
0: I think you're right. Yeah, Ramon Castro, I think.
5: Ramon caught, Castro,
3: yeah. I think he caught yeah. um, um Burley's. I think he caught Burley's, yeah. And I think he might have caught Humbers. Humber's.
5: Yeah. Yeah.
3: So yeah, Mar uh, Paul O'Neill, the uh only guy to to play on the winning side of three different perfect games. He might be the only person to ever play in three perfect games in general. Um, but I didn't look that part up.
0: Yeah, I've 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 yeah. heard that and I just couldn't remember it.
3: All right, moving on to question six. Eric Gagne was the last relief pitcher to win the Cy Young Award. Who was the first? And when I say relief pitcher, I mean like exclusively relief pitcher, not like like Sandy Koufax had two saves in one of his uh, Cy Young seasons. I'm not looking for a, a, an exclusive reliever.
5: Most likely that was like a three or four inning save, too. It was probably, like a, yeah. yeah.
3: So, yeah, Eric Gagne was the last relief pitcher to win the Cy Young Award. Who was the first?
0: I'm pretty sure that I know this. I, I think I do,
3: too. I'm going to lock in. All right. So uh, let's start off with Jordan. Why don't you, why don't I, you uh, yeah. tell me so what you got for answer? There
5: are two in the 70s that I thought of at first. The first is Sparky Lyle, which I don't think is correct. But I think he came in close to Gidry in 78 or 77, one of the two. But I think the first was Mike Marshall for the 74 X ex- uh, Dodgers.
3: Jordan going with Mike Marshall, and I see Jeremy nodding in agreement. Is that? Do you have Mike Marshall
5: as well?
0: Uh, I do have Mike Marshall, and I think he like pitched in something ridiculous, like
5: it's like 112
0: games. Yeah, like it was like yeah, he pitched in like over 100 games, and he won like he won like 15 or like he was like 15 and 15. With, like, 20 saves or something. Yeah. The yeah. answer is, is, is Mike Marshall. Uh, he went 15-12
3: okay. and 12 that year. He pitched in 106 nice. games, which is and probably always will be an MLB record. Uh, he threw over 200 innings. Um, wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous that no. season.
3: All right. So, yeah, Mike Marshall, the answer. And you guys both getting 10 points on that one.
0: Now, who was the first relief pitcher to win the MVP?
3: Um, I know Willie Hernandez won it in 80. Suter? Or I know... Raleigh Fingers won it in 81. 81 Yep, I think I know. I think it's Raleigh Fingers. I'm pretty sure it's Raleigh Fingers as well. No. Oh, is it Bruce Suter? No, was it before the Cy Young existed?
0: It was before the Cy Young existed.
3: Oh, uh, was it Roy Wilhelm?
0: Nope, he played for the team on your jersey there, Jordan Constanti. That's right. Ah, yes. I'm pretty sure that he. Yeah,
5: he did win the 1950 yeah. MVP.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely won the, and I think I don't think any relief pitcher ever won it before him. So, you know, and, uh, yeah. and I, I think the next one might have been Suter. Like I don't know that any other relief pitcher won it between yeah Constantine or no, I'm sorry, uh, fingers, just fingers. Suter, Suter only won the Yeah, he won the Cy Yeah, he, yeah, the he Cy was Young the second the guy to win
5: MVP as a Cy uh, Young award as a reliever. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, a reliever winning winning the uh winning the MVP is probably one of those things we're never going to see again. Oh yeah, a reliever yeah, winning the I, Cy Young we might never see again, but that's at least feasible. I, I I can't ever see a reliever winning the MVP. Well,
0: I mean, yeah, the way you they know? the way bullpens are these days, it would have to be somebody like a Mike Marshall who's not a closer, right? It would have to be like an Andrew Miller, and he'd have to play in like eighty games and yeah. win twenty, and you know, yeah, like the, the way
3: the way bullpens are used and the way advanced statistics. Are, are so heavily weighted into MVP voting. Like, you're not going to have, like, the best reliever in a season might have, like, four or five wins above replacement. That'll never win the MVP.
0: Yeah.
3: So. All right, so moving on to question seven. Dovidas Navarouskas, who has played for the Pirates since 2017, is the only MLB player from what country?
0: Lockton.
5: Jordan's
3: Lockton.
0: I've heard this. Uh... Oh, wait. Which one is it? It's, oh, i know hey, you're, you're thinking of in. two countries <laughs> well yeah well i'm thinking of three but i know it's not <laughs> estonia uh it, he's a baltic guy uh mm-hmm. so is it estonia lithuania latvia i know it's not estonia it's either lithuania or latvia lithuania has better athletes they play basketball we'll go with lithuania
3: all right jeremy going with lithuania and jordan that's who i have to yep born in vilnius lithuania yeah uh, the answer is lithuania
0: yeah, and he played in Japan too, right?
3: He just signed in Japan. Yes, okay. yes, he
0: did. I,
3: I think I, I think I, I, I was going to put him on my. Uh, I was going to put some some player that signed with the with the NPB in my free agent game. I had. Uh, <laughs> or you should <laughs> have no. said,
5: or you should have done. Matt Moore who signed from the NPB.
3: Oh, that's that oh yeah. Look, right? I thought go. that would be a little, uh, little, little sneaky.
5: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Question
3: eight: Johnny Mize and Andres Galarraga both shared what nickname?
0: Locked in.
3: Locked in. All right, that should be a quick one. Uh, Jeremy, what do you got?
0: Johnny Mai is the only player to ever hit 50 home runs in a season and strike out fewer times than he hit home runs. Uh, The Big Cat, 51 and 50, I believe that year. And
3: Jordan? The Big Cat. Yep, or uh, Elgato Grande. Yes, the Big Cat.
5: Great player. Uh, I think he's a little underrated. He, he retired with a with a
3: frustrating, frustratingly unsatisfying 399 career home runs, yeah. uh,
0: Galarraga. And uh, Galarraga, until uh, he was like the one of one of only a handful of guys. I remember it was one of my favorite trivia questions that I used to ask back in the day. There were this is before Miguel Cabrera won the triple crown. Mm-hmm. Three players in the majors who were active who had a career triple crown. They had won a batting title. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Title and an RBI title in their careers. Oh, right. Um, and Galarraga was one of them. And I, the other two were A-Rod and I think Manny Ramirez. That
5: makes sense. Because Ramirez had a lot of high RBI games.
0: Yeah. yeah. A- at the time I asked the question, that was the, the answer to it. I don't know. I uh, can't remember what year I was asking that. but you know.
5: I heard a very interesting thing about Miguel Cabrera late, uh, today. He's the only Triple Crown winner to not hit a triple during his Triple Crown year. Oh,
0: that is interesting.
5: Yep. It's, it's not surprising because he's Miguel Cabrera, but it is
3: surprising yeah. because he plays in Comerica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of room for a
0: ball to bounce yeah. around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there
3: is. All right, moving on to question nine. What Hall of Fame pitcher appeared in a 1970 episode of the TV show The Brady Bunch titled The Dropout?
0: Locked in. Oh, wait. The Dropout? The, na- the name of the episode is The Dropout. Okay, I'm still locked in, but with a different answer. <laughs> All
5: right, so Jordan, talk it out. Okay, so the Brady Bunch is a bit before my time, as I, I mean, am it's a bit well, before Jeremy's time too.
0: Probably. It is not as much, but yeah. you know,
5: <laughs> yeah. Uh, my uh, parents were not; they didn't watch old shows. Well, um, I don't even know where Brady Bunch took place. I know it was the exterior of the home was filmed in um, California. 1970. I feel like there were a few marketable names from then. Jim Palmer, Tom Seaver. Um,
0: I'm just going to lock in with Seaver.
3: All right. So, Jordan locking in with Tom Seaver and Jeremy. What do you got?
0: Uh, So, Greg was going to drop out because he wanted to pursue a career as a Major League Baseball player. (laughs) I've seen this episode a
3: few times. Yep.
0: (laughs) And uh, his teacher got, I can't remember what his teacher was. married to or just knew don drysdale but got him oh, to okay. come and talk greg in staying in school it was don drysdale and it's funny i was actually confused for a second because i was thinking johnny bench was on an episode of the partridge family oh gotcha. I, I <laughs> and so when you a hall of famer and i was like wait it's gonna be johnny bench that, but that was the partridge family not the brady bunch but yeah don drysdale is the answer to this
3: one. yep it is don drysdale um yeah so yeah greg threw like a gem at his uh whatever game he was playing and Drysdale was there and commented on like how good he was and gotten in in Greg's head. So Greg decided he wanted to be a pitcher and wanted to drop out of college, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And then I forget who it was, but someone got Drysdale to talk to him and basically was talking about like the rigors of traveling on the road and whatnot. And that didn't work and only made Greg want to pursue baseball more. And then he got (laughs) absolutely shelled in a game and then
0: just gave all that up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was fun. And the other Hall of Fame athlete to appear in an episode of the Brandy Bunch, Broadway Joe Namath. That's
3: right. right. That's right. Uh, All right, so moving on to question 10, last question of the game. I'm looking for two answers on this one, but you need to get both of them to get the full 10 points. Um, okay. What two players hold a record for most MLB seasons played with 27?
0: And we don't get five points if we, uh, if we answer just one of them, you right? You do not. Okay. I know I know one of them for sure,
3: yeah, one of them's a little bit easier, and one of them is not, which is why I didn't want
5: which is why I wanted to make you get the whole thing. I have half of this locked in, and I might might have the other half
0: yeah, I know I mean, I know I know one of them well, yeah, um, but yeah, did you say two Hall of Fame players?
3: I no? did not. I just said two players, okay,
0: did okay. not
3: specify their Hall of
0: Fame status, all right. All right, I'm going to lock in with my answer
5: then. All right, Jeremy's locked in, so Jordan, talk it out. Okay, so Nolan Ryan, 66 to 93. That's one of my answers. The other is a bit trickier. I'm thinking of old players. So Jamie Moyer comes to mind since he played till he was 50. But there was there was one year where he didn't play in the 90s.
0: It's funny when you say old players, I thought you were talking like 19th early 20th century and you're no, like I'm Jamie Moyer and I'm like, "Oh, he meant old that way." <laughs> he was basically born
3: in in the uh,
5: in the in the 19th century, so. Yeah. He was at the 1980 uh World Series Championship parade in Philadelphia. Oh. Wow. <laughs> and then was involved in the other one. Yeah because he was born and raised outside of philadelphia so he was a phillies fan growing up the others randy johnson i don't think played that long another old guy that this one is old in the real sense that jeremy was thinking of jack quinn who pitched and won and he won he won it, he won a game as a 50 year old Mini Minoso is another name that came to mind, but he played long, but had little stints here and there, and he's the only guy to play in four different decades.
0: Four or five decades.
5: Five, five decades. I'm sorry, five. Yeah, decades. Yeah, I say there's other players that have
0: played in four, but yeah, like, five um, decades. Like
5: McCovey, McCovey yeah, yeah, is yeah. one of those. Yep um
3: he, he had like a token at bat here or there which which got him yeah in like 1980
0: <laughs> they brought him back for like an at bat or something yeah, yeah. in
3: I'm, look, I'm looking at minoso's page right now in three of those years he had a grand total of 30, 30 plate appearances in in three of those decades
0: <laughs> yeah they wanted to bring him back in the 90s and major league baseball said no it's too gimmicky he
5: would have been 64 <laughs> yeah bill Vec rolling over in his grave yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> Fisk was in there for a long time. I'm going to go Ryan and Moyer. All right. So you want Nolan Ryan and
3: Jamie Moyer and Jeremy, what are you going with?
0: Okay. So Nolan Ryan was also the one that I was like, okay, I know Nolan Ryan is right now. Who's the other guy. And so I also, first I was trying to, I was trying to think of all, and I thought Ricky Henderson and yeah, Henderson this, yes, too. played in like, yeah, he's four decades and he played in at least 25 seasons and Nolan Ryan was 27. I was like, I don't know. And then I was trying to think of like other, like, old guys like Moyer, Charlie Huff was one I considered yep. Jesse Orozco, who was a middle reliever played forever uh, was one I considered obviously Phil Necro knuckleballer. You know, I know Eddie Collins was the only old yeah. player I thought of, but then you said, I have, when I asked for the hall of fame, player, you, you didn't say they're both Hall of Famers, So I think it's probably not another Hall of Famer. And uh, the two guys I debated, I thought of Jamie Moyer too. And the two other guys I liked more than Jamie Moyer were Jim Cotton, Tommy John. Yes, yeah, that's correct. So I, I ended up going with Tommy John and okay. Nolan Ryan. All right, so yeah, Nolan Ryan. I think
5: Ricky Henderson is a really good answer because he was 79 to 03. Yeah,
3: so, 24, yeah. 25 scenes, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so Nolan Ryan was was a correct answer. Sorry if I led you astray with that Hall of Fame distinction. This guy is a Hall of Famer. Um, the other guy we yeah. were looking for, okay. Adrian Constantine, otherwise known as Cap Anson.
0: Cap Anson. Gotcha. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I was not going to pull that. No, Even played, if you uh, told me they were all of famers, I probably would have gone with Ricky Henderson
3: from 1871 yeah. to
0: 1897. Might have gone with Eddie Collins, too, because I know he played for a long time. But
3: all right. So at the end of our round of 10 questions
0: uh, with a score of 70
3: to 55, Jeremy is our winner.
0: Jeremy. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, well done. All done, Jordan, uh, by the way, by the way, you, you're in Wisconsin, you're a Brewers fan but you seem to know a whole lot about the Phillies and you're wearing a Phillies Jersey. So, so do you have so a Philadelphia connection?
5: I do have a Philadelphia connection. My mother was born in that. Uh, and me, I was born in New Jersey. So my grandparents, my mom's parents still live out there. Okay. My, my parents met at UW Madison. And moved back there when I was four. Okay. So I know a whole lot of Phillies stuff. And um, the other thing Neveraskus my grandmother's maiden name is Kalazinskis which is also Lithuanian oh, okay. so I am mm. Lithuanian
0: yeah, so. all right You could have been the first Lithuanian No no not yeah.
5: I am not nearly <laughs> yeah. that talented yeah.
0: <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs>
1: Well, that about wraps things up for this week. If you haven't already, please fill out our listener survey linked in the show notes. It's really great to hear what you think of the podcast. And if you have an idea for a segment or an interview request, you can always email us at ourbaseballweekly at gmail.com or post in the subreddit thread. Next week, Deej and Jimmy will be back to break down some of the most interesting ejections in baseball history. We'll sit down with another Redditor talking about their team, and we'll round up all of the week's action. Our Baseball Weekly is executive produced and edited by me, Lewis. Our production admin is Christine. Jimmy co-hosted our intro segment. Andy did our interview and wrote and hosted our trivia segment this week. Special thanks to Henry for joining us for our interview about Jeff Breidich, as well as to Jeremy and Jordan for joining us for trivia. Our theme music was composed by Chuck Lease. Our Baseball Weekly releases every Monday at 1 a.m. Eastern. We'll see you next week.